I just thought, I just think that there's elements that could be perceived as finishing last. I think that nice guys can finish last. And I think nice guys can finish first. That's mm-hmm. why I don't think that it's like you're guaranteed one or the other. It's how you take it. It's, it's what you do with it. You could be a nice guy that finishes first, or you could be a nice guy that finishes last, and there's a path for both. Welcome back, everyone, to the Modern Mask Unity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our aim with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, and most importantly, a safe space to live authentically within a community of conscious kings. We'll be discussing topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, personal development tips, and powerful guest appearances. What's up, Modern Masculinity family? It's your boy CK. Welcome back to another episode where we help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern world. I'm your co-host CK. And I'm your boy Anwar Ahmed. And today we are answering the question we know you've all asked, regardless of what you identify with, do nice guys finish last? But before we get into that powerful conversation, you know what time it is. Boo-check! Hey, yo, Coach Kyle! What's up? How you feeling today, my guy? Ooh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. I really um, feel like I've had a good day. feel like it's... I really feel like I'm coming into my own in this space. And so I think that that really makes me more excited to come here mm-hmm. and to be a part of this process. Thinking less. Yeah. Just, just let's have a conversation. Being let's do here, it. being with you. I don't even know if you're going to see this, but being with all the peeps. It, honestly, I just feel a, a lot of authenticity is coming out. I feel more natural. So it's a really good feeling. That's a good feel. I agree with that a lot too, actually. I think that you're over, you're not just like having a conversation when you're starting a podcast because you're doing everything. So you're sitting here, you're having a conversation, but you're thinking about the audio, the visuals, the like you're thinking too much. Too There's too much, much thinking and it's hard to listen sometimes when you were like what you're saying, you're, you're thinking about your response. How do I sound? Did I say too many ums? So I do think that like, you know, with repetition comes like, you know, excellence. And when you, the more you do things, the more comfortable you get with it. And I'm um, happy you actually said that because I do agree. I feel a lot more um, in it. I feel a lot more in it and not in it from every direction just like in the conversation like i'm just we're here to have a conversation we're just gonna do our thing having coffee hanging out just hanging out simple um we're doing a mood check a bit differently though today right yeah you said you had you said you had an idea i did have an idea so we found this article and it had four or five different people that were different types of coaches and support and whatnot and they have questions that they ask about four or five each that they share to investigate into feelings okay and so what we're gonna do is we've both picked a question from this list and we're gonna ask each other the question we don't know what the question is yet there was like 25 questions that could have been asked so we don't know what the questions are yet so they're gonna come out of nowhere so you're getting real raw and authentic just like we said we're doing so you want to ask me first i'll ask i'll ask you first okay all right so i'm gonna pick (laughs) probably already had one in his head i've been picking off the list that's how he works. I'm excited to focus on blank. I am excited to focus on blank. 
Mm. What are you excited to focus on? I am excited to focus on my speaking career. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is coming up and is prevalent in my space right now, I feel. I actually just let people know that I'm going and I'm available for them to help them become better speakers, but less about on stage speaking, more communication style and tonality and volume and emotion and story. I'm not perfect at it, but I do have a lot of insight and I've learned so much and I actually gave myself so much education over the years of trying to become a really great speaker. So for me, just knowing that that's on the horizon and I just feel like it's it's always really been the goal in a weird way. Life coaching is part of the process, but speaking was really the big goal. That's what inspired me from Tony Robbins' documentary is him speaking and being in that, but also coaching at the same time. So I'm really excited to work on that. That's where I'm at. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy you asked that question. That was good. Allowed me to get that out. That was nice. Um, my question for you is going a completely different route. Oh. What is something you feel you need to forgive yourself for? Ooh. <laughs> you can tell the caliber of questions was like all over the place in this list. And I just knew we were going to go two different directions, but I'm excited that you asked first. Cause then I could alter the conversation. You know? Okay. Re- repeat it. Oh, okay. What is something that maybe you're holding on to that you need to forgive yourself for? That is so loaded. <laughs> what am I holding on to that? I need to forgive myself for. Wow. If it's too deep, I can ask a different question. No, I think I got it. I think Ooh, I got it. Yes, let's go. I think I got it. So I've always been really, really, really critical about like reading and writing. And because I didn't take it so seriously when I was in school. And I just cared more about being an athlete. I think when you were a kid, you gravitate towards what you like mm-hmm. and you avoid what you don't like. I didn't know that it would come bite me later on in life when communicating so much about what we do is someone communicating their life or their experiences through a book and sharing it. And then you doing the same in your life in the digital world that we live in today. There's so much pressure on writing and being able to express yourself I didn't have the foresight when I was younger to understand that those skills were going to be so important and I avoided it and I avoided it. And now noticing the importance of it, something that I'm really hard on myself. I'm really mad and pissed at the younger version of myself for not giving a shit about reading and writing. And sometimes I'm so mad at myself that like if I'm struggling with those moments in my work day or whatever, I let it really affect me heavily. And I I go back to a dark place of like, you should have been doing more. You should have done this. You should have done that. And it's something I need to just forgive myself and move on from, because the reality is that I can't go back to a 13 year old version of myself. All I can do is start to become a better reader and a writer now and invest in that skill set. And to kind of piggyback the question I asked you, something I'm excited to focus on is investing on writing and reading and just understanding that, just because I don't get to play sports every day and I feel like all my young adolescent years I invested in those skill sets so I don't get to reap the benefits of being an athlete every day anymore and all the things I avoided are actually what I'm being judged on every single day. Mm. 
And so I just got to get over that. I got to get over. I got to forgive myself for, you know, it just wasn't my, it just wasn't, I didn't care about it then. And I care about it now. And there's no right time to start something. There's no wrong time to start something. It's just accepting where I'm at with it and forgiving myself for, you know, every time I hit those moments where I don't understand a page that I just read and I got to go back and read it again. It's not a moment. It's not an opportunity for me to jab at myself. It's just an opportunity for me to grow in that moment. It's not an opportunity to remember Oh, you should have been trying harder. You should have been, you should have done this. And I often find myself in that place. And I can just tell that I'm not, I haven't forgiven myself for that. Mm. And I think that I did something I wanted to like, you know, let go and just, you know, let it be. It's, it is what it is. Love that. Well said. Thanks for sharing. Proud yeah. of you. Proud of you. And you've helped some of the writing skills COVID too. hug. COVID, COVID hug. distance hug. COVID distance hug. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Thanks for embracing the question. Appreciate that. No worries. Okay, so now getting into the lighter side of the conversation, we're gonna dive in to the question we know you're all waiting for. Do do nice guys finish last? Now, I've had so many conversations around this. I don't know about you. I feel like this has been a concept my entire life. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole time. And I think it's because I've felt like I've been a nice guy. So for me, I feel like it's been it's personal. It's personal. Yeah. So maybe I'm coming a little hot and heavy, but I'm ready. Let's go. Like I am out. So from your opinion, let's just answer the question. Do you think nice guys finish last? Yes or no? Absolutely. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I think, think that was a personal. I think it was attacking I, I me no, at that no, point. No, I, I, I think that <laughs> I actually, I, I just, dis- I just don't think it's a yes. No. Okay. I just don't think it's a yes, no. There's some gray. I think that's very gray. Okay, all right. It's very gray. I like gray. I like gray a lot because I think I actually just said this and people really resonated with it on one of Gary Vee's photos. He wrote something about life's not black and white. So I repeated it and I'm like, absolutely, life is not black and white. There's so much gray. But for me, in the gray is where all the color is. Ooh. So I really, so I'm excited to hear what you had to say because th- that's why I think like, we're talking black and white, but where's the color? What about color in life, you know? Oh, it's in the middle. I get it's it. It's in the gray. It's in the gray. Yeah, that was kind of sneaky deep still. Sneaky deep. Tell me your answer. Give me more details. I just thought, I just think that there's elements that could be perceived as finishing last. I think that nice guys can finish last. And I think nice guys can finish first. That's mm. why I don't think that it's like you're guaranteed one or the other. It's how you take it. It's, it's what you do with it. Mm. You could be a nice guy that finishes first, or you could be a nice guy that finishes last. And there's a path for both. So are you saying it's more perspective based? It's yeah, it's more how you perceive it. It's more how you are. Mm. So let's let's take it like let's 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 just dive right into it. I think that if you're a nice guy and you're waiting for life to to give you what you deserve just by being nice and sitting in the corner and just hoping for the best, it's not coming. In that race, you're gonna finish last. Mm. Dead last at that. But if you're a nice guy and you go for what you want and you embrace the challenges of, you know, getting out of that corner and being being persistent and determined and confident, but being nice in doing so, then you're probably not gonna finish last. And and that's the narrative. There's a little bit of a difference between, I think what we see in, sometimes what we see in guys that get what they want and you know what they're able to do is open doors and where they get their bad rep from is what they do on the other side of the door. Mm. Now, if you're a nice guy and you can't ever open a door, well, 
you're probably not gonna you're probably not gonna finish first, are you? If <laughs> you can't even get past the door. You're not wrong. That's that's not gonna and I think being nice is waiting and waiting in the waiting room and mm. waiting to be called on. And if in, in a lot of times in life, no one's gonna call on you. You're gonna sit in that room for a long time. You need to call on yourself. You gotta call on yourself. And I think that, you know, what the I'm doing air quotes right now with the dickhead or the asshole guy that doesn't finish last. What he does is he doesn't wait to be called on in the, the waiting room. He just gets up and goes mm. and he goes and causes havoc in where he's going. But in causing havoc, he gets to figure things out because he has more, more opportunities, more things. But then just, just picture that room, right? Picture two dudes that sit in a waiting room and one of them goes to hell with this. I'm getting up and goes and then picture the other one and be like, no, I'll wait my turn. I'm just going to sit here. Someone will come. Someone will come for me. Someone, something's got to happen. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll sit politer. Maybe I'll get more upright. Maybe I'll, you're going nowhere in that room. And it's not the nice guy complex. It's you're being too passive. Mm, there it is. That's the word. You're being too passive about the way you go about life. Because we would both can say that we're more on the nice guy finishes last side of the line, but we've been able to accomplish things, mm -hmm. tons of things. So how did we do it? Mm. And that's where the, the gray or the color mm. exists. I like what you're saying. Cause I think that there's, again, there's, there's so much that we can pull out of that. And so I want to dissect it, I guess, from what I hear. And I think I align with this is there's this idea that they're on one side of the spectrum is a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the spectrum, there's the quote unquote asshole or dickhead, right? And you either have to fit one camp or the other camp. Like you, you, you always use the word camp, one camp or the other camp. If you're not in those camps, what the hell are you? They're very, very much like identifiable, well-known camps. Mm -hmm. The camps everybody's go to. The ones in the middle, we don't get yet, right? There's so many different camps. And again, that would be like the black and the white. And then all these other little camps in here would be the color. They'd be the colorful tents, let's say, in the camps. So I think that that's one challenge is you think you have to be one or the other. And I know, I don't know if I really felt like I was forced into one or the other because I never felt like I wanted to be in the dickhead camp. I don't know. I don't know if that resonates with any guys out there. I never felt like I wanted to be a dickhead. I felt like, I do think that growing up sometimes, I felt like I was shorthanded in the sense of being a nice guy. But this conversation we're having now today and breaking this down and dissecting this nice guy's finish last complex is it's just that. It's a complex. It's a mental complex. And I never realized that as a kid growing up because I always knew I, I would do what I wanted to do and needed to do to make the partner happy, right, and be nice. And then what I ended up doing was giving myself away. Mm-hmm. And I was no longer me really fully because I was so much valuing this relationship. So I would be considered a nice guy. I'll get you this. I'll drive you here. We'll do this. Oh, you're calling me at three in the morning to pick you up from somewhere? hundred percent. No worries. Got it. Like, and I don't think there's inherently things wrong with that, but a big part of our conversation today is going to be about boundaries because a lot of times nice guys do not have boundaries because it's a constant service of others and never a service of self. So of course you're nice. You're just giving yourself away all the time. So everybody thinks you're nice, not just your partner, your boss, 
your family. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's so nice. He's so nice. But then the challenge comes and you put up a boundary. You put up a line and saying, no, I don't think I can do that. Not saying, F you, like, why would I ever do that? That would be more on the dickhead side. Mm -hmm. But the boundary, all the boundary says is, I don't think I can do that for you. All of a sudden, the problem is you're put in a dickhead camp. But you're not, you're not even that. You're just, you're trying to protect yourself. So there's this constant, where do I go? How do I go about it? So from your perspective, if well, working off everything I just said, how do we get from nice guy camp to colorful camp and not go all the way towards dickhead camp? I hate that we're using the word dickhead, but we're, the not nice guy. We're going to do, I'm, I'm going to refrain my own language. Nice guy versus not nice guy. How do we find more ways to land in the middle? What do we need to do? What have you done? Because I feel like you're in the middle, right? I'm, I you're think in the that, color. Yeah, yeah, I think that you need to, one, just look at the not nice guy and see how they're opening these doors. How are they getting into these areas that you perceive that you want, you desire, you're interested in those areas, but you're not able to get there with the quote-unquote personality that you currently have, right? Because also on the other side of the equation, I have heard many women multiple times say to me, I don't know, Anwar, I don't, I don't know. He's just too nice. And it's yes. like, they don't like, they don't, they're like, they're, they don't, but what, what you just said, that's beautiful is that you put a word to it is he doesn't have a boundary. Right. He's too, he's too rollover. He has no lines, no structure to him. It's, I could just do have my way with him. And I don't want that. I want someone who has a bit more structure to themselves so that when, you know, we're being in a partnership, I don't feel like I can, you're just going to let me walk all over you, mm. you know, cause I don't want that. I want someone who will push me in, you know, and that's what they're actually saying, but they're using a term. So we took that and ran with it. Mm. Right. Cause when you hear a girl go, I don't know, he's just, he's just too nice. You're thinking, well, I'm nice. What the f And then you think you need to go in the not nice, not nice camp. And then the, then those two camps start to, you're like, okay, well, I'm nice. And she just said she doesn't want a guy who's too nice. So I must have to go the other way. Right. I must have to go to the other direction to, to attract a girl like that, to get, you know, to get into, you know, myself into those opportunities that I want. I'm nice. I'm hearing that Ugh, they don't, but it's, we've messed up the whole language. Well, you got some, what's going yeah, on? Something that just, off. it just, it just, it just clicked for me almost in a second where this, this idea that, it feels a lot of times like women are reaching for the not nice guy, okay? That's how it's been perceived. I've seen countless videos on TikTok about this and guys saying, look, I'm going to be nice to you because I care about you. And if you want someone that does that, then that's fine. But that's not going to be me. I'm not going to be the dick. The conversation we're going to do today is we're going we're gonna to redefine that because we know that that is a bit of a flawed system. However, what it just clicked for me is they, they're, they're setting boundaries like it there's just they're just saying no <laughs> but because they're saying no they've put up a boundary and all of a sudden there's like oh he said no no one else says no i'm gonna reach for that now but the problem is that like it's not in the sense that maybe he's even doing it in a rude way but he's just saying no and because so many of us are just saying yes and bowing down and being the pleaser of the process that there's there's no friction there there's so there's no if there's no friction and no resistance like things need to rub up against each other you know if you even take the sex con sex context right in order for you guys to have sexual relations there needs to be friction so and if you are going to be there and be with this partner from where i stand and literally in this conversation right now there's got to be some level of like friction almost in a good way in a healthy way 
you stand up for yourself and what you want to do. I'll stand up for myself and what I want to do. We'll come together and we'll move forward. But if you're always on my side of the of the line and never on your own side of the line, like get off me for a second, you know, <laughs> like go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I guess that sounded obvious, but it just it just made sense to me why it seems so attractive. And there, that's where the gray is, right? So you just kind of beautifully painted the picture for gray. So the gray is a man who will stand up for what he believes, but will also give in to things that be, like will better the group. Right. And the not so nice guy is the person who only has their agenda out for play. Will never, will never give to, and that's why you get this perception of like, you're not a nice guy because every time I have a desire, every time I have a wish, it's your, it's your thing. Mm. I don't ever, you never give to my ideas. Mm. You always hold the goalpost. And then the nice guy, the reason why the nice guy is finishing last is it's always what you want. Never what I want. And nobody wants it always what you want person. No one wants that. Mm -hmm. Because if I just show up good, bad, hot, cold, you just roll over and play dead to what I want, then that's not fun. Right? And vice versa, if I come to you and everything I always want to do, it never gets voted for. It's never an option. That's not fun either. Mm. That is not, I don't want to be with that. And I don't want to be with that. I want to be with someone who is nice, is willing to do what's right, but is willing to stick up for what they believe in and to be true. Mm. And that's the middle. Mm-hmm. That is the middle person we're looking for, is someone who will allow what you want to happen if it's the right thing to do, but not at the expense of me having to compromise my, my ideologies and my beliefs to accommodate that. Right. That to me is the gray. Right. That's the colorful place. Okay. I love that. So you have, I would say, it's fair to say, you've done a lot of work to make sure you're in the colorful grayness. How did you get there? Did you ever have a point where you felt like you were in the, the really nice guy camp and let's say, quote unquote, losing? Or do you feel like you maybe go compensated and went to the other side? What is your experience with these two camps, if any? That's a, yeah, that's a really good question. It's, it's forcing me to do some reflection. And I think that like, for me, I've had to be both. Oh. I've had to go, I've had to, I've had to be like who I was. I was like, I don't like this game. It's not really working. I'm not getting no results here. Go flip it, go to the other side. I like the results, but I don't like how I have to be to get these results. Mm, and then you got to land, you got to land somewhere in the middle. So you're saying for context clarity, nice guy camp, you were in. No results. Doesn't work. Too much. Didn't work. Too, too much nice guy. Too much nice guy complex. Then you said, I'm going to go not nice guy. Got results, right? But hated how you operated. Didn't like how you felt about the process. Mm-hmm. So where are you now? I'm in the middle. Okay. You're in the colorful yeah, I'm camp? Yeah, I'm in that colorful camp. Because at the end of the day, for me, it's... Um, and it's weird because I didn't, I didn't, it, was, it wasn't even just a female. It wasn't even just like a, you know, with girls that I learned this lesson. I learned it through like... It was uh, my cousin and my roommate. He he came home one time and, you know, he'd been watching me kind of, you know, navigate this like, you know, this phase of me becoming, you know, going from a boy to a man, no parents around anymore. It's my first time of like navigating university. I'm trying to play college basketball. Um, And he was watching me wear thin. He was watching me just wear out, you know, fading, just like. And what he what he had noticed in my personality at the time was because it wasn't even really for me it wasn't even really about like you know dating or anything like that because i don't really have you know a long list of you know girlfriends but for me it was more so he saw it in my friends 
he saw how I acted to my friends and how I was just, I would just, I just rolled over. I was just a people pleaser to like the umph degree where I would wear myself so thin to somebody else's agenda, schedule, friends, family, work. I would be on my last legs, get a text at like 6 p.m. The shift is at like 6.30. And someone was like, can you pick up my shift? And I'm like, I'm at the end of my end. And I'd be like, they'd tell me like a little sob story for why they needed the shift covered. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I can do it. I can handle it. And then they would go on their merry way, get what they wanted. And in that example, it's someone who's, who's playing their cards right, setting boundaries, doing what they want to do, asking. And then who gets suffered? The nice guy. The guy who's going to roll over and, play and not care for himself, not, not give a crap about who he, what he wants. That person needs to go to bed. He's tired. But no, I'm going to pick up a shift that's a 30. And I have an exam coming up that I, I don't feel good for, but I don't want this person to struggle. So it's okay. I can struggle for, I can make up the time for my exam. I'll, I don't want that person to miss the birthday. Oh no. If they miss the birthday and they can't be there. I, I love birthdays. I wouldn't want someone to miss my friend's birthday. I'll just fail my exam. That's fine. I'll work this shift and fail the exam so that they can go to the birthday. Nice guy complex. That's too, that's, that's, that is not how to live a life. And he painted it. He painted a nice picture for me. He went, listen, you need to understand that ruffling feathers in life sometimes is okay. If your decision isn't the favorable decision for the other person, but it's the best thing for you, sometimes you got to make that choice. Mm. You can't be a people pleaser all the time. There is a line. There is a line to people pleasing. If you have the bandwidth to please people and it actually is not going to take away or whatever compromise you're going to make, it's quickly adjustable. And for the other person, it's a burden that you're relieving them from. Great opportunity to take. You have bandwidth. It's something that they're really struggling with. That energy exchange is fine. But if it's if you are at $0 in your bank account and someone asks you to borrow $200, you don't go get a loan to give them the $200. You don't have anything to give. Right. Don't go make up stuff to give. You don't have anything to give. You got to have respect for yourself first before you can have before you can offer those services to other people. And, and it was the first time that someone challenged. And it's a hard thing to be challenged on because you don't understand. You're just being nice. How can someone tell you, man, you're being too nice? It was like a weird thing to hear. Like, it was a, hey, you're a people pleaser and I love that about you, but you got to do less of that. It's a weird thing to process. It's hard to understand. You're 18 years old. Your cousin's telling you like, yo, you're too nice. You need to like, and he basically said, get a backbone is what he said to me. He said, hey, your life is getting, your life is struggling because you have zero backbone. Mm. You need a backbone. And then when you get a backbone, exert the energy from that spot. Cause once you have a backbone, you know where, you know where your line is, you know, and basically he was saying, get boundaries, mm. get some boundaries in your life and then start playing the game. Cause right now you're the, the way you're trending, you're not going to be able to maintain that. Mm. And you're going to have to lose a lot of you to get there. And that was the kind of first big lesson I had to learn with this. And then I just used that lesson to carry on in other areas of my life. Like, so when I heard the nice guy finished last camp with the, with the, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, this is just a person that has no boundaries and has no backbone. And then you watch the people that get through the doors and you go, what are they doing? That looks like confidence. That looks like I'm not going to wait for permission. I'm going to go after what I want. And that also looks like, I'm okay with rejection. I'm okay with the idea of failing. 
And from those three pillars, being okay with failing, not waiting for permission, and being confident through those three pillars, if you're a nice guy and you do those three things, you will get a lot of things that you want. And to be honest, you'll maintain them longer too. Because the difference between the nice guy and the not so nice guy to me is, sure, we can both get through the door. Who can stay in the house longer? Because a not so nice guy is going to get kicked right out. Mm. But if you're a nice person, you can stay in that house way longer. And that's why I think that like being a nice person will ultimately always finish first. Because long, it's a long-term play. Mm. Not so nice guys will win all the short-term games if they want. But what game do you want to play? My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like it said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts they're sharing blog posts it is a really powerful space so we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and google store it is tether t-e-t-h-r available on both app stores join the community i promise you will not regret it Something, something interesting that you came that came up when you were speaking that I want to ask about is so you went from the nice guy to the not so nice guy to come into the middle because you knew you didn't want to go back to being the nice guy. Now you're mentioning that a big component of all of that is discovering your backbone, mm-hmm. right? Discovering, let's say, boundaries. Mm-hmm. What I know to be true is that no one in uh, that I know yet, I think we're getting there, that no one really knows what the hell a boundary is. And if they do, they sure as hell don't know how to set them. That's one of the biggest challenges we face in all relationships, friendships, family relationships, intimate relationships, doesn't matter what it is. Setting that up is hard. But I think the backbone conversation is interesting because if I feel like contextually speaking, having a backbone comes across abrasive in a way. Like if you're telling someone, hey, have a backbone. It almost feels like it's almost an attack, which means you need to attack back, not to the person, but with your actions. So I need to be more, you know, no, you know, I need to be more harsh in my, in my reality to set up these boundaries, which is not the case. I, I, I know this to be true. So for you, you went from nice guy to not nice guy, right? Which was a huge backbone. It was almost too big of a backbone where there was no give to the backbone in the middle. There was give. How do you build the backbone? I really, I'm just skipping around the question. How does one go about figuring out how to have a backbone or essentially stand up for themselves and not get into the not nice guy camp? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it does. 
I think I think the one of the main things you need to think about when you're building a like you know trying to figure out what your backbone is like really to me the backbone is like a very it's a just a so another conversation about self awareness, right? It's hard to build the backbone when you're not aware of who you are, what you're doing, and that's why I didn't have a backbone. I didn't even know who I was. So mm-hmm. how do how am I supposed to have a backbone? Like at that point, I was a people pleaser because I was trying to figure it out. It was you know yes sir yes ma'am like it was very much like you know I. Whatever my parents said, they said, jumped, I said, how high? Like, I'm not in a place of like, I don't know what I am. So I am just, you know, what my job wants me to be and what my, my, my friends want me to be. And, and you start to realize that like the backbone, like figuring out what your backbone is, is really just a journey of figuring out who you are, period. And, and that was kind of the, the beginning of the journey for me was letting go of this because who I was at that time was a people pleaser. Mm. That was my identity. And that was just an exhausting identity to carry because it's not maintainable. You can't sustain that because people will, and people aren't doing it maliciously, but people will always take if they can take. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if, of course. If I can see someone that I can take something from, of course. If, if everyone on that roster that I worked with knew that Anwar will take that shift, they don't, they don't care about the schedule. They don't care about... I mean, if you worked the last six, this is the seventh. It doesn't matter. It's your job to know your, 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 job to know your schedule, not theirs. All they know is that you'll do it. And, if they, and they're at the point that if he says no, that's fine. But I know that there's a 95% chance he'll do it regardless of what his schedule looks like, what his last 48 hours are like, what his last 72 hours is like. I know he'll take it because mm. he's desperate. And at that time, I was desperate. I was financially desperate. So I, not only was I put in a position where I wanted to, I will, wanted to say yes, but like also was in a position where I financially felt like I needed to say yes. So people will take advantage of your desperate attempt. So if you're a people pleaser, getting a backbone is really an experience and a journey of self-awareness and accountability for your own schedule, accountability for your own life. Because pleasing others should only ever, to, in my opinion, pleasing to others should be not at the expense of um, yourself, really. Yeah, yourself. But I'm trying to give it a little bit. I'm trying to give it better words. Like, I'm okay with pleasing people at the expense of small sacrifice, right? Small sacrifice for me to, to help you get to where you need to get to. If you're my friend, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, it's sure this car ride is 20 minutes out of my way, but it gets you there in less, like it's either a two hour commute for you or 20 minutes out of my way, small sacrifice. I help you out. Right. But when it's at a big sacrifice and what I was doing is I was fully sacrificing things. Mm. I was fully sacrificing who I was, what I needed to accomplish my goals. Right. Cause if I failed that exam, then I what may potentially have to say I failed that exam. That exam was worth you know more than fifty percent of the grade or the class. Then you fail that class. Now you have to redo that class. So I helped someone miss a birthday party, and I had to redo a whole course. Mm. You got to measure sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So if your the sacrifice that you have is bigger than what you're helping, then it's then it's probably a no. Mm. But it all you also have to understand what you're like, what are you sacrificing? And that's part of that self, like that's part of that self reflection. That's part of that self-awareness is Mm. knowing what that means to you and what you're sacrificing, the weight of what you're sacrificing to help others and the weight of what you're sacrificing there 
especially in my world, it's like, I can't afford to fail that class. I'm already financially tied up. If I got to redo this class, I don't even have money to pay for this class. I can't afford to redo it. So sorry, I can't take that shift because I have to pass this exam because I've paid for this school and I can't redo this class. And so when you know where you're at with all your sacrifices in your life, then it makes it easier to say yes and no to what's being asked of you. But if you have no idea, then you feel like, uh, well, I don't have a real reason to say no because I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't reflected on my, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Right. And you sound like you're, convic- you're very convicted in what you want and what you're doing. You're asking me to be of support to your plan. And I don't have a plan. I'm just walking around and I'm a nice guy. And people see that I'm aimlessly walking around. They're like, he has no plan. Ask him. He'll, he'll help you because this guy's aim. But you know what's crazy is when you have a plan and usually the not so nice guy or the dickhead is someone with a plan. Hmm. And they're like going after what they want. And that's why people are attracted to them is because look at this person with a plan. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of their plan. And so people want to grab and they want to, they want to go for they, they like that. They're like, look at this person with a plan. I like this. I will, I will do whatever compromise I got to do to get a part of your plan. Like, can I be a part of your plan? Can I be a part of your plan? That's why they're so desired. Versus the opposite example that I just gave is just this lost, aimless person that's willing to please anybody and just mm-hmm. has no plan for themselves. They're just moving around. Mm-hmm. No self-awareness. No, like, all they know is that they hang their hat on that they're nice. And that they're able to be taken advantage of. Right. So essentially, backbone is knowing who you truly are knowing your authentic self knowing your characteristics and really knowing what you want from life mm-hmm. is really a big component of it what i like about this conversation this idea of nice guys finishes last i don't know if i like it that's not the right wording one of the most powerful things i learned and this was probably last year when i really started to get into my own masculinity journey is that we talked about the nice guy complex right and what I, the nice guy complex essentially is is or at least from my standpoint is Anybody, not even a nice guy, anybody who believes they'll finish last will finish last. Bringing in the conversation, nice guys will finish last the longer, as long as they believe they're going to finish last because they're a nice guy. You're going to, you're going to get what you're asking for. Whatever you choose to make your reality is what you'll choose to make your reality. So if you're not conscious of like, you could make a better decision or try to, you know, work your way towards this middle colorful area, you don't have to do that, but just know like it's, as much as it is unfortunate to hear, you are shooting yourself in the foot by saying, well, nice guys always finish last and I'm a nice guy. You, you will. You're calling it into the universe. The universe will respond say, okay, cool. You'll finish last. No worries. But then you think that um, not so nice guys finish first. So then you go to that side like you did and you're like, oh, they finished first. Got it. But then again, you don't know what you're doing. You're just following these millions of trends. And the hilarious part is that like, I'm, I'm going to read this quote I have that I just found an hour ago that applies to this, but nice guys are like, oh, I'm never going to be a non nice guy, right? There's no way I couldn't do that. And I was that in that camp for the majority of my life. The quote says, everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. I'll, I'll wrap it back up. I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. Everything that irritates us about others can lead us to uh, an understanding of ourselves, which is the mirror concept that we talk about, right? So what I find that it, with how it applies here is a nice guy looks at a not nice guy and says, the hell's wrong with him? Why is he so rude? Why is he so disrespectful? But what the nice guy is not seeing 
are the actual things that the not so nice guy is is doing that actually aren't rude or disrespectful or lacking compassion. It's whatever they're doing is showing you an insecurity you have that you don't know how to stand up for yourself. It's not that they're rude or that they're always angry or mean or disrespectful. It's just that they are living in a life you actually probably want to live in, but you're insecure about your nice guyness, so you're just going to stay in that camp. And that was me. I can wholeheartedly say that was me for the mass majority of my life. And in a really weird way growing up, I was actually looked at in like, he's nice. I'm attracted to him. Like when I, in junior high, for example, and in elementary school, I felt like I was, <laughs> I hate these conversations. I felt like I was popular with the girls. That's how I'm going to phrase it. Okay. But I wasn't ever a dick ever. And I'd actually didn't even have boundaries. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just being a nice guy. But over the course of my lifetime, I constantly had girlfriends. It was never a concern. I felt almost confident that I was going to get a girlfriend. It was really, really weird. And so I would, right? But I was being nice about it. I was a nice guy. The whole time, all of those situations, I gave myself away. Every single one. I never had the boundary. And so I felt like I was succeeding as in being a nice guy, right? Because I felt good. I was getting results. Right? I'm not being an ass. But then I fell into the camp you did with the not so nice camp where you went in there and you're like, this doesn't really actually feel good to do. I don't want to be a not. Why? I'm, I'm curious to why. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if you are a nice guy, just so, so I have an actual physical question. If yeah, yeah. you're a nice guy and you're getting results, yep. what's the desire to go to the other side? So not to, to the, figure out. No, I didn't go to the other side. Sorry. What I was saying is you, when you went there, you went to the not so nice camp. You recognized that you I went were there because getting... I wasn't getting results where I was at. Right. I didn't go there, but what I'm saying is, in that situation for you, you got results, but something was still wrong. Mm-hmm. You didn't like how you were operating, even if you were. Uh, it took you a while, I'm sure, to be conscious of that. Right. You didn't like how you were operating. Over here, I was a nice guy, but we already talked about it. Nice guys give themselves away. They often actually don't know who they are. They're often over-serving and not serving enough of themselves. They don't have self-love. They have love for others. So there's all of these components that aren't actually true to you here either on both sides of the spectrum. And so I was in this for so long that I did the same thing that you did over here. I had no idea who I was. All I knew was that I was a giver. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. What do you want? Here you go. doesn't matter. And then... I never set up any boundaries. So I never knew who I was. I never knew what I wanted. I was just in service of other people in any way that I can. And if I felt like I wasn't doing that, then I self-harm or self-guilt, self-blame, all these things. So I never wanted to be over here on the not-so-nice camp. But what I did recognize is that living over here and getting results is almost just as bad as living on the not-so-nice camp and getting results because there's no authenticity, hmm. right? There's no, there's no color. Mm-hmm. There's no color. There's, there's, there's this color and, or sorry, there's black and then there's white and there's no vibrancy. There's no vibrancy about my life because I was just giving it all away to everybody else. And that was in a way fulfilling because service feels good. But again, you just, there's no acknowledgement of what's my character. What are my values? Because once you find that out, you spend five minutes being, what are my values? And you decipher them. Then someone comes in and tries to challenge those values. Oh, you got boundaries now. Mm-hmm. You figured out something, right? So this doesn't mean you're not a nice guy anymore. This just means you finally figured out a little component of who you are. You became conscious of it. And that's what I wasn't doing. 
all I knew was my value was giving. And so I would just constantly do that. It's easy to do. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. 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 You're basically, you're, you what you basically just said is that like, you know, it's regardless of where you, and let's, 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 by the way, define what results are. Cause I don't want that to get taken out of context. Good point. It means, it means building relationships, getting like getting friendships, like being able to talk to a girl or being able to date somebody, or it's not about, you know, I think there's many people that are to think getting results is like, you know, hooking up with a girl or something. And like, no, getting results in this context is getting a job, getting, getting a friend, being able to like get out of your shell and foster relationships and get introduced to things. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the context we're speaking out of. Exactly. That so, doesn't mean that both sides of the camp don't get you those other results potentially as well. Exactly. So what in the context that you were saying there is that it doesn't matter regardless of what side you are, regardless of what side is allowing you to get results, you can feel inauthentic in both. You can feel not you can feel like you're over here and not being true to yourself. You can feel you're over here and you're not being true to yourself. It doesn't matter. The results part is actually irrelevant. It's, it's the off alignment, having to act as on this side, you have no backbone on this side. You're you're, you're not being, you're being rude. You're doing things that are like, maybe not, you know, kind. Mm-hmm. Um, you only care about yourself, righteous, self-centered, you know, you only care about you. You're in a not giving space and here you're in a too giving space, mm-hmm. which means would force you to be more in the middle. Right. And so sometimes I think women, if you're a nice guy and you're like, you know, you've been struggling with this complex, I think sometimes women don't articulate what they are trying to say well. And being men that are nice guys, we're going to explain it to you. By being too nice, that's not what they're saying. By being too nice, they're saying you need to get more of a backbone. You need to have more of a purpose and value to who you are as a person. You need an identity. So to kind of debunk what we're talking about here, yes, you're feeling some type of way, but not because that you're nice. There's nothing wrong with you being nice. Mm-mm. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually preferred. Most, most times I like talk to a girlfriend who went on a date and she comes back countless amounts of time. I'm like, how did it go? What was, he was so nice. He was so nice. I'm often like the one who's like, can you give me more than that? Like nice to me is what does that even mean? It's the first date. He's supposed to be nice. What up? What else? But that's how desperate women are for just someone who's nice. So don't lose that quality about you. That is actually what is desired. We ultimately want to be with someone who's nice. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't park that quality of yours because you're, you think it doesn't have any results because the way they're communicating to you is lost in translation. Right. They're saying, ah, oh, you're too nice. Or that's what the sound is. You're hearing these chatters in the, in the, in the rooms. Cause I've heard those chatters. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's you're nice. You're nice. Even the guys are like, bro, you're just too nice. Like do this, ignore her text message for two days and then reply. Then they'll, then she'll talk, she'll be interested in you if you ignore her. And then, and I'm like, why would I ignore her? That doesn't even make any sense, but it works. Works like a freaking charm. Get a nice text message. Ignore her for two days. Respond in two days. Guarantee you the conversation after that gets, gets hot, gets picked up. Cause it's, you're not her number one priority. You're not just at her beck and call. It shows that you're like, but it's such a pointless game. What a dumb such game. A dumb game. What a stupid game. And that's where I think the spectrums are just hilarious that people don't know there's this middle space. Like all that saying is like, just don't, you won't physically be always available at their dispense. 
And that is okay. You don't need to be at work and be like, oh, she texted me. I better hold. Can we stop this meeting for a second? And then respond to the text. No, you are busy. Then you respond when you're out of the meeting. And that's okay, right? But at any point, it's, it, it's just staying true to what you're actually doing in the moment and not self-sacrificing all the time. And when you're in that space where you're saying, I'll wait two days, you're self-sacrificing because you know you want to text right now. 100% you do. Then if you text right now, if you don't have time, but you're, you're like freaking out and be like, I have to respond, you're again, you're self-sacrificing. So that's why you don't need to sit in one camp. Find the middle. Find the color. Find what works best for you. Find the harmony in the process. I'm going to preach this damn word till the day I die. So I'm so happy I found it. Find the harmony. Find the harmony in the boundary versus it really, you know what? Maybe we should just stop using the word nice. Almost stop using the word nice and rather use caring, compassionate, and empathetic. They're, they're, I know they're breakdowns of, of nice, but we've attached so much crap to the word nice now that it almost just doesn't even land for people anymore. He's so nice. Well, what if she came back and said, oh, he's a really caring guy. Bet you the conversation would go a hell of a lot different than, oh, he's a nice guy because a nice guy now is looked at in the wrong context. Everything has been discombobulated. And I'm, to be honest, I'm okay with it because like my whole MO has been like, is that the rhetoric that nice guys finish last? Well, then what happens when I finish first? Hey, okay. Yeah. See, there you go. What, ha- what happens then? Let, let, the that, narrative, let that narrative That's live there. The I'm okay with that. Cause Let's I said, go. I said this before you have one of two choices as a nice guy. You could either let the narrative be true or you could change it mm. and not change it by changing you change it by doing it your way, mm-hmm. you know? And that was the crossroads that I, I was like, I don't like this side. So what are my options? Mm-hmm. My options are to be the nice guy that finishes first. That's, that's the only option I have here. Cause it's either finish last, be a dickhead quote, quote, or be a nice guy and not finish last, you know, don't be a statistic. Mm-hmm. And then it, then you have to study, right? Cause once you decide, okay, I'm going to be a nice guy that finishes first, you got to learn, okay, well, how are these people getting through these doors? How are they getting into these conversations? How are they fostering? How do they, how are they interesting and nice? Well, you learn that they're not scared of getting rejected, that they're not waiting for permission and that they're confident. You want to be a nice guy that finishes first Embody those three things. Don't be worried about getting rejected. Find confidence in what you're doing. And then, you know, to, to throw in the two things that we talked about here, get some boundaries, have a backbone. Mm-hmm. Get some boundaries, have a backbone, continue to be a nice person. Yeah, because it's all possible. It's all possible. When you have a backbone and you have boundaries, it doesn't mean you are no longer a nice guy. Like, I, just don't, I, I don't know how many times we can say this in this Sometimes people do that though, right? You set a boundary as a nice guy and then you, you get tossed into a, like a dickhead camp. And 100%. you're like, dude. Uh, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not being not nice to you. I'm just setting a boundary. Like you're just misperceiving. Like I've been nice to you for so long that I set one goddamn line and your whole world is gone. And, and, and nice guys, don't allow that to change your game. Mm. Just because someone throws you into a camp and you're so allergic to the idea of being a dickhead, it's okay, man. If someone doesn't like you, like we, we've been saying, let your haters motivate you, baby. It's okay. If you set a boundary mm. and you're going to hate me for that boundary, it's all good. I'm, I'm in line with my boundary. Mm. I'm not going to get off my thing so I can fit in nice guy because I'm so scared of being called a not nice guy. Because mm. that's, that's the other thing that the nice guys struggle with, right? Is I don't, don't make me one of those guys not me hashtag not all men like don't put me in that camp we're so scared of that camp because of how bad it's portrayed that we won't even set a boundary because we're so nervous that we're going to be tossed into that camp we're going to get trampolined mm. into that camp dude it's cool man if you set a boundary and you're aligned with that boundary don't 
conform mm -hmm. regardless of what gets called to you absolutely and you just reminded me of a massive component of this we said confidence we said backbone and we said what was the third one uh being okay with rejection and not waiting for permission okay right yeah so essentially what almost all of those say without saying it and i know that this is a struggle for men because i've had multiple conversations with other men and myself something i've constantly struggled is i think that one thing that often pushes us into the nice guy camp or maybe even the other side as well the not so nice camp is because we don't find value in ourselves we don't see worthiness here so any opportunity anybody who starts to be like oh 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 whoa whoa, whoa whoa someone's noticing me i i don't even notice me yet that's amazing i'm gonna latch on and do whatever it takes to make sure that never leaves and then that's the self-sacrifice and the giving away and i've done that way more times than i would like to to to, to even say but it's always going to come I think down to that space is how much do you value yourself, your life and where you want to go? How much worthiness do you place? And how much love do you have for yourself? And I don't know if I've mentioned this already in this podcast, but what I, something I found hilarious about my journey is that I always thought self-love was for women. One more time. I always thought self-love was just a woman thing. Cause like self-love was self-care. So like, you know, self-love, I'll take a bath, self-love, you know? Right. I always thought it was a woman's thing. Until I realized I actually didn't have any love for myself at all. And sure enough, I almost lost everything in my life because I didn't have self-love. And that was also part of the fact that I was giving myself away at the same time. So when you have a backbone, you have a lot of love for yourself because you know what your boundaries are. You love what you want to do and where you're going to go. When you have confidence, you love yourself because you know you're going to be able to accomplish these things and still be worthy of everything else as well and to continue to move forward. And um, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but it just reminded me of the fact that we need to also understand like our value in this world. And our value is not determined by um, you know our job or our career or success or whatever. It's determined by who we believe we are, authenticity. I'm going to stop because I'm just going on a tangent. Before we finish, I actually really want to talk about this example that we were talking about the other day because I think it expresses everything in an interesting way. One thing we actually haven't talked about is the idea that on both sides of the equation can turn into manipulation. Mm -hmm. A huge component. When you go into the not-so-nice-guy not, not camp, it's a really great way if you don't text back for two days it's emotional manipulation hands down sure it works but you're manipulating their emotions you're not you're not authentically working with them same thing with a nice guy camp you could pretend to be a nice guy to get what you want and then peace which is almost not so nice guy camp but combination of it and you're manipulating i went to a conference one time and i didn't know this until you mentioned this to me but what i didn't recognize in the moment is i was actually being in a way emotionally manipulated by the presenter based on what they wanted to have happen in the conference is essentially to weed out the people who considered themselves too nice and i think i considered myself at the time too nice so the conference went crazy there was a lot of disrespect a lot of words that shouldn't have been used uh, a lot of attack on specific maybe groups. give some more context to this this conference Okay, so basically I went to uh, a conference that was free. It was a success conference in a way. It was an opportunity to personal to get, gain more personal development. 
And I go into the conference and everything is all great at first. I'm dressed to the nine. There's great people there. There's great presenters. And I'm going there for one specific presenter that I don't really actually know that much about. But I've Googled and I've looked up and I've seen, you know, a lot of success from this person. So I thought, okay, this is free. Let's go and do this. And then I'm sitting in the crowd. feel great. I'm excited. I'm writing notes. Everyone else is too. And then the main presenter comes on. And everything changed. All of a sudden, it was as if everything outside of this person's world was trash. Didn't matter where it was, what part of the world it was. None of that mattered. Even if it was a different style of person, specifically speaking gender and um, racial, it didn't matter. If they were not in his mind, in his world, then they were garbage in a way. And he would speak on that sometimes in really disrespectful ways. And... I sat there for probably 15 minutes or so, just like contemplating life because I was so confused at how someone could think this is okay. Multiple people got up, multiple people left. Some people attacked back. I felt like I was at a, as in a war zone, verbally and emotionally. It was wild to me, but I tried to sit through it for as long as I could. And then there was a point where he said something and I don't remember what it was that I felt inclined to get up and just leave. So I did. I was going to come at him and I realized from other people that it just wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it to come at, combat him on his, on his perspective because if you weren't successful, your opinion didn't matter. So I left. Having a conversation with you, you have an experience with the same person that is drastically different and you allowed me to see it. I don't want to say in like a way I agree, but in a way of almost what he was doing was he was trying to decipher who was willing to take the biggest risks and not worry about anything else almost. And I didn't realize that's what he was doing in my conference as well. So do you want to tell them about your experience with the same person and how it was so different? Yeah, it was just, I think that like when this speaker came up and he came out and he, you know, he was, he was basically berate, like he was basically calling everybody out on their shit, right? Like it was very much like, look at where I've gotten to, look at where I've gotten to, look at where you've gotten to. And ultimately you don't have a, you have too much, you don't have a backbone. That's why you haven't gotten to where you want to get to. And I've just like, I've always went after what I've wanted. And that's the big difference between where you're sitting and where I'm sitting. And when you're a nice person that rubs you the wrong way, because you're just, you're, you're looking at someone and you're like, you're a taker. You don't give anything. You just take, 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 take. And when you're on the opposite end of the spectrum, what you feel is okay, what this person is trying to do is they're just trying to show you that this is how much you give. You can't even in this moment say, I'm not, I'm going to finally be a taker. I'm going to be more like you. I'm going to take what I want. And just because you need to create enough emotion in somebody to get them going, to get them to fight for what they want. Cause when you're a nice guy, the other problem is, is that you're so submissive that you just get up and leave. You don't even, you don't even stick around for the event. You don't even stick around for the lesson because you just avoid it completely. And and even though I didn't feel comfortable in this conference, the only difference between me and you is I just, I just, I just, I just got myself out of it and said, "What is this guy trying to do?" I try to get in his mind. I went, "What is his end goal here? Why would someone want to come into a room like this and ruffle that many feathers mm. intentionally?" And you know, you're like, "Whoa, my feathers are ruffled!" Like I'm. This was an intentional act. What are they trying to do? And when you think of it from that lens, you realize that this person needs to get emotion out of you get you to fight back and when you fight back go okay now how can we use that energy that you just created to change your life mm -hmm. 
because you don't show emotion, you don't show energy, you don't show, you're just always trying to please other people. But look, whoa, now you all of a sudden have a voice. Where did that voice come from? That's great. I'm glad that I got that out of you. Now, I have everything that I need. How can I use that bark that I just got you to have? How can I use that to help you move your life forward instead of attacking it at me? Because you have it in you. The problem is that you didn't know that you had a backbone. You never knew that you never knew that you could be. You didn't knew you didn't know you were worthy. You didn't know you had an opinion. And now look at you. You're standing up and you're speaking because I, I invoked so much emotion in you that all of a sudden you have a voice. All of a sudden you have a backbone. And I'm like, well, great. Now let's use this backbone for something. Now that you have a voice, now that you have a backbone, now that you can you've proved to yourself that you're you have emotions, you have feelings, that you're not just a giver, you want to take stuff. How can we use it and do it in a nice way, in a nice guy way? Because we, in our conference, this person got to do 15-minute sit-downs with us. And in that sit-down, he basically said something to me. He said, I see that you have potential. I see that you have, you know, the want. You want to do things. What's in your way is that you're, you're waiting for permission. You think that if you just keep being a nice person, that if you just keep rolling over to other people's things if you keep rolling over and people pleasing that you're going to get to where you want to get to and unfortunately you're not going to get there doing it that way and it's going to take you way too long to get there doing it that way what you need to believe in what your flag in the ground is is that yeah you're a nice guy and that's great people you will open up doors in relationships because you're that but don't sit in the waiting room Knock on the door, get in the room, and then be the nice guy in the room. Because if you're in the waiting room, well, I don't even know what you are. Mm. You don't even have an opportunity to show me that you're a nice person because you're too busy waiting. Mm-hmm. And for him, the way he filters out the crowd is that he doesn't want to deal with people that are waiters. He wants to deal with people that are doing. People that have come to that line of... Because it's hard... And he was doing it in a business context, right? So if you think about it from the business world, it's... If I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a mentor, if I'm gonna coach you, if I'm gonna do all this work, I need you to have a backbone. What's the point of the, what, what? What am I giving you if you're just gonna roll over and play dead two seconds later? Hmm. And so for him, for the sake of time, he's how can I ruffle enough feathers in here, weed out the people that are gonna be people pleasers because they're I'm not gonna be able to get anywhere with them anyways. They're just gonna like people please the whole entire time. We're gonna get nowhere. And then let me deal with the people that have a little skin and have a little backbone and have a have some boundaries. And let's work with those people because those people are the ones that are going to get to where we need to get to. They're going to take the most out of the lesson. The people pleasers, they're not, I don't want to work with the people pleasers because they're just never going to get to where they want to get to because they're just, they need to go work on themselves. Mm. So get up, leave the conference and go work on yourself. Find the boundaries, find whatever you need and then come back in here and take the lessons that you need from here. Mm -hmm. But right now you're way too much in a people pleasing camp. I don't even want to. And in a 15 minute and you could just tell that's what he was trying to get out of this conference room. He was trying to just like inject so much energy into the room where people went left and they went right. And he, he went perfect. This is how I wanted the room split. You, you guys, this is what you should work on. Get a bit of a backbone. Blah, blah, blah. You guys, you're ready. Mm. Here's my advice for you. There's layers to that. And I, I love this conversation. It's the reason I was happy that I was receptive to your experience because I can close the box on this person forever. Easy easy right they highly triggered me they i felt like i felt personally attacked with not like i wasn't being successful enough in a sense that's not actually how i felt attacked i felt more of like how does does this person allow themselves to be um but what i recognized 
after the fact is that I got it out. I moved on. I said I wasn't going to associate. I left it. I left it in the dust. Then I came back to the conversation with you to hear about your perspective. And what it allowed me to do was see, oh, I got up for many reasons, but one of them did include that there was a trigger inside of me that was really uncomfortable, did not know what to do. And clearly that was a little bit about my boundaries and what that looked like. And so I addressed it the way I had previously conditioned to be addressed, how I always did it, which was I would probably get up from the conversation and leave it until I felt more appropriate to come back. But in a conference, you're not coming back. So it was different. So I was, I was leaving. So was it a whole process for me? So it showed me that I had actually an insecurity in that space. And that goes back to the quote I said earlier, that was mirroring something back to me mm-hmm. that I just wasn't willing to look at. So I deflected it and I moved on. But then you present this, this, and in, in I would say you presented it in a way that was more nice guy than it was dickhead, right? You just said, this is what he was, I think he was doing, and this is how I took it. And I wasn't seeing that in the moment. And I just, I like, the reason I wanted to even bring up this story, the reason I wanted to address this was just because from my perspective, I think the way that he went about it, I, I don't personally agree with, but I understand why he did because of the results he wanted specifically. It didn't matter about anything else. He knew what he was looking for and he got it. It's plain and simple. And it worked, right? It worked. It's not to say he's in one camp or the other. He just utilized what he was doing and that's that was the success. And working into the, I guess the finale of it all is you have an opportunity to go about life in the way you want to without having to define yourself, I guess, in a specific camp is just, again, being as authentic to yourself as possible. And for this person, that was his authenticity. That was how he operated. And I can't necessarily berate him for it in a way because I'm triggered. So really, and that's actually not about him anymore. It's about me. And so that's the hardest challenge, I think, about nice guys looking at not so nice guys is that that mirror complex that comes up and we just nice guys don't know how to look at themselves right same with not so nice guys they don't know how to look at themselves so both sides are being mirrored right no one wants to go any which way they don't want to there's a mirror in the middle and they're both just looking at themselves so. and, and like to me i just because i i knew that i wanted to be a nice guy that finished first i knew that that was something that i wanted to be and i was committed to you know no nah, i'm not going to conform to being a dickhead like that's not that's not who i am that feels that doesn't feel right um, but I'm also not down with finishing last either. Yeah. So that's not right either. But to me, I just then channeled a demeanor and a mindset of what can I learn from this guy who I don't like, but clearly he's in a position of success. Mm. What is he doing that is put him there? Because the only thing that's going to change if I learn the things that he's doing is I'm going to do it in the nice guy way. I don't have to change. Mm-hmm. What skills did you do to get through that door, to get that opportunity? Oh, that's how you acted? Cool. Let me take those skills and put it through the Anwar filter, and I'm going to now do it Anwar way. I don't have to conform to your whole entire identity. I don't have to do the things that rubbed you the wrong way. Once Somebody once told me, Anwar, it doesn't matter. Like Money is out there. It's a race against good people who get it or bad people who get it. The more bad people that get it, we're losing. Because if bad people get all the money then none of the communities are going to be helped. None of the, so it's, you could aspire to be, the people are like, they're, they're, it's almost like to be a, a millionaire, to be a filthy rich is like looked down upon because of, no, what about being a millionaire and being an awesome philanthropist? What about racing to be 
the richest person in the world because you want to do good. We want billionaires. We do. We just want them to be good people too. And so if all the nice people get all submissive and they go, no, it's greedy to be a millionaire. It's greedy to do this. It's greedy. What about if it's not greedy? Because if you do it and then you are the person now with the power, right? And that to me has always been the chase is I want to get as much things as I want. I want to do everything that I can so that I can be the good version that's finally there. Not the, not that we've seen enough of what the bad person looks like. We've had that narrative so many times. We've seen it. How can we move the needle in life, be a good human being doing it, and we're not going to learn that by hanging out with other nice guys that finish last? Because we, if, you, don't, you don't learn how to go to first place by hanging out with people that are in last place. That's not how you learn how to get there. You look at the people that are at first place and you go, what are they doing that I could learn from that I can become first place? And when I get to first place, I'll hold up my, and I wasn't even a dickhead to get here either, trophy. Mm-hmm. That's the game I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And that's the game that I want to win. I love that. I love that. And for me, just to wrap up my side of things, what I want any nice guy to know out there that you feel you're in the nice guy space, you feel like you are finishing last, like, uh, but I want to stay a nice guy. There is no judgment here on you being in that space. If you're, if that's where you are and you feel like you're finishing last, that's okay. It happens. I've been there. A lot of guys have been there. It's perfectly okay. There's not a worry about it. We're not here to judge you. What we are saying here is there are other ways to go about it. There are better ways that will help you, that will support you, that will empower you into being who you really want to be and being authentic and, and living fully. And I, I just want to remind all of you that it's okay and you don't have to go to the, the other side of the not-so-nice camp. Just just be where you want to be. And if you're happy with where you are and that's being an overly nice guy and you're getting results on that and you feel authentic, power to you. There's no challenge there. Just know what you want, why you want it, and go and get it. And go and get it, being as caring and compassionate as possible. Yeah, and it's not, it's not really about hanging up the nice part of yourself. It's about like we've discussed, building boundaries, mm-hmm. understanding yourself, and not giving yourself away. That is what we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. So if Stand you are yourself. being, if you are the nice guy that finishes last, you need to like listen to this conversation differently. It's not about not being nice. It's more about you need more values. You got to understand yourself better. You got to have more boundaries, and you got to stop giving yourself away. And then watch the narrative change. Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>